It's Sunday, July 24th, 2016, and you're listening to episode 51 of Roll Up and Die. Are you afraid of dragons? not here today so maybe that was it <laughs> he, he he usually rides a tiny roller coaster yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the noise i make when <laughs> i ride a roller coaster <laughs> you know speaking of roller coasters this is uh complete uh, completely off the rails uh <laughs> pun intended uh, uh-huh. uh but speaking of roller coasters james carney from tabletop terrors and i rode a roller coaster together twice nice yeah uh, in Orlando, Florida, we rode the um, – it's the one at Harry Potter. It used to be called, like, Dueling Dragons or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But now it's called something else. Something um, Harry Potter related. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> Although Dueling Dragons still kind of works. Yeah, it yeah. could have been like yeah. – I think it's now it's like freaking Wingardium Dueling Dragons. I don't know. <laughs> Wingardium. <laughs> Accio Dueling Dragons. <laughs> Accio Dueling Dragons. Um, but – I don't know if you guys have ever been on one of those roller coasters where it suspends you on the rails. Yes, like you're sitting no. in a chair and the rails above you. Yeah, it's like it's an in, it's called a uh, inverted. Oh roller yeah, coaster. yeah, I know which one you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. I've never been on one though. Really cool, but I didn't see a thing <laughs> because <laughs> there's a seat right in front of your face, so you don't. Yeah, yeah. that's don't the issue. See what's happening? Yeah, exactly. Everything else, you don't see what's happening. You just feel. Uh, the your insides just churn, and, <laughs> and you have to kind of guess what's going on. Like, like if you're if you're in the front seat on a roller coaster on an inverted roller coaster, it's amazing. But if you're any other seat other than the front seat, you're just like, hey, this is mm-hmm. this is really fun. But I'm just staring at the back of somebody else's seat here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ah, see, a, that's what they want though. They want they want to get more people. They want to keep people paying again and again to get that yeah, front seat. Yeah, it's true. I'm trying to keep going on until I get that front seat. I think One the uh, the craziest roller coaster I've ever been on was college. No, I'm kidding. The the, the craziest roller coaster <laughs> I've ever been on. Her name uh, was, was Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man, was um. There's a roller coaster at uh, Knott's Berry Farm in California called the Accelerator, and it might not be there anymore because this was 15 years ago that I rode on it. But it's a roller coaster that goes from uh, zero to 80 miles an hour in like two seconds. Like, uh, it just shoots you, like, right off the block to the point where <laughs> it. the first time I wrote it, I was fine. And then every other time after that, I was terrified because I was just waiting for that. <laughs> okay, yep. any minute now, we're going to go. We're going to go because you don't have time to be <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. oh, hey, the roller coaster's starting. It's like, <laughs> it's like by the time you realize what's happening, it's already halfway done. You're yeah. almost done with it. There was a, there was a place... It's kind of like Disneyland, but it was like a, uh, I don't even know if it's still there. I'm, it might be. It was called California Adventure for a while. Yeah. Hmm. Is that still a common thing, place people go? I never hear yeah. about it yeah. anymore. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the other like park at, uh, at Disneyland. There's Disneyland, and then right across the way, it's California Adventure. Okay, but it's not like a Disney company thing, right? It's like yeah, it's no, more it is. Oh really? I always thought it was yeah. like, oh man, there's a a freaking gas station across the street. I'm gonna make a gas station right here. We're gonna <laughs> no, we're gonna face it's off owned every by day. Disney. It's own, it's owned by Disney. Yeah. Every day well, I'm gonna now, walk out yeah. and be like, it's there's like there's like Disney new. stuff all over California Adventure. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, yeah. noted. But either way, they have a roller coaster that's just like that, where it just 
fires you off the firing line. And exactly yeah. like you said, not knowing it's going to happen is the best thing oh, that could man. ever happen. That roller coaster is awesome. Can I tell you something funny, Barker? Uh, no, that doesn't <laughs> happen. Oh, that roller coaster has a giant Mickey Mouse head on it. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> hey, I swear. Hold on one second. I, I got a California adventure. I got to go to Wikipedia. It's, the coaster is called California <laughs> Screaming. Let me tell you something right now. It's called Disney California Adventure right now. I'm I would I'm seriously I'd bet money. I'd bet money that it used to not be owned by no, Disney. No, Parker, they it, they you are so incorrect with everything they, that you're on. saying. It has always been a they, Disney park. It's built on. <laughs> on Disneyland's land. It's like you literally walk out of Disneyland and you're like, "Oh, hey, there it is." <laughs> The concept of a theme park dedicated to California arose from a meeting of Disney executives in 1995. <laughs> there you oh go. Oh, my God. Oh. Now, what? look up a picture. Look up California I, Screaming <laughs> Coaster, and no, I want I don't you to want look at to. that picture. I don't want to do it. Um, no, but just I, do it. I, no. You're going to laugh at yourself because you're going to be like, oh, there's no. a giant Mickey Mouse hat on well, that coaster. Well, here's the thing. is I Wikipedia <laughs> Disney California Adventure, and yeah. the image is a big-ass Ferris wheel with Mickey Mouse's face on it just looking right at me, being like, listen, yep. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you you're think, talking about. You think something exists that's not <laughs> Disney, you noob? <laughs> Even they Star own Wars everything, Parker. You can't get away from it. Yeah. Oh, I got to say one thing to you guys before we get going. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, we got to be really good on our game tonight. No. Yeah. Uh, because it's Thursday and we're recording late and I don't have time this ah. weekend to edit. So we got to be <laughs> so on our game that no editing required. Zero right? editing. There's going to be zero post-production in this, uh, in this episode. So, so what you're saying, Barker, is that I could say anything and it would make it into the final episode. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is if you say anything, I'm going to be up till three in the morning editing the podcast right right okay all right because i'm dedicated because i'm dedicated (laughs) Uh, as long uh, as no bear shows up we'll be fine as long as what as long as no bear shows up we'll be fine we've had a bear getting into our garbage so if it if it shows up i have to you're talking about literally you're not making a joke no no it's a bear yeah yeah you have to just fight nog problems it's 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 it's, It's it's a it's a it's a black bear and it uh, keeps trying to get into our garbage. We have it secured in a little shed right now, but I'm expecting it to try to get in and and get at it. So hope, hopefully, we'll wait. at first, what do you do? at first, I thought you were saying that you had the bear secured in a shed. <laughs> like you're we're, like uh, I trapped it in the shed yesterday. I got to go deal with it at some point. We're teaching it's it. It's getting a hungry lesson. and it's getting Gotta mad. Wrestle it. <laughs> How would you okay, now let's assume let's hypothetically, I hope yeah. this doesn't happen, but hypothetically, let's assume you I don't know, hear a bear roar outside and then you hear yeah. some cans clanking around and you're yeah. like, Oh no, the bear's in the garbage. What are you gonna do about it? Are you gonna like put on your boxing gloves and go Super <laughs> Nintendo on this bear's ass? No, no, or no, no, you're no, no, call no. somebody. I I'm, what I do is I have a I have a spotlight, so I get that and okay. I get my gun and mm-hmm. I go outside and I, usually a light is enough to, to scare off most critters like that, you know. Yeah. So w- once once you hit it with the spotlight, it just and goes charging, running off into the woods or whatever. But I have to have the gun with me in case it decides, no, I yes. want this, and it charges me or something. Yeah. Right. Now, does it, so, do you make a noise to scare it away? Yeah, yeah. You just go, get out of here, you know, kind of yeah. like you're shooting a dog or something. They're just basically big dogs. Okay, cool. See, so we go hiking a lot here in, in the central New Mexico area, and... I've never encountered a bear, and I, I've heard so many different 
people tell me like a bunch of different things on what do you do when you encounter a bear? Like, do you yell at it? Some people are like, you need to curdle up in the fetal position or whistle <laughs> while you're walking. And I'm like, you, you're all just trying to make me look like an idiot. Well, I saw, <laughs> well no, no, I saw actually, the, the, noise, the noise thing is true. If you, if you make noise while you're walking, uh, it's they're going to be less likely because then you're kind of right. warning them. The, usually, yeah. people get hurt by bears either when a they catch them by surprise and startle them, or b get between them and their young. If you you know yeah. if you, if you see a cute little a cute little tiny bear, get out of there because yep. the mother's around somewhere and she and she will rip you to shreds <laughs> in yep. no time. Damn. So yeah, I, I mean apart apart from that though, as long as you don't sneak up on them and startle them or you know yeah uh, try to hurt okay. their kids, you should be fine. Well then, I'm I'm taking a mental note of that because I'm I'm just terrified of running into a bear and being like, oh, what do we do? And the bear's like, I just want to play checkers, and he chooses the red t- side because I always like the red side, and he beats me. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been there, man. And don't rub yourself down with meat juice first. Yeah, don't oh, no, 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 no meat cologne. Don't spread honey across your torso and run at them. <laughs> Oh, man. I I, uh, I, I saw the the movie boils. The Revenant, and that the subtitle mm. of that movie could be <laughs> "What Not to Do When You See a Bear." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, that that scene with the bear was just oh brutal. man, it goes on for a lot longer than you're anticipating. <laughs> It You're does. like, wow, this guy is really getting attacked by a bear. And then there are like these little lulls where, where you think it's over, and then it goes yeah. on again. It's and like, then the bear comes back. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, my God. That, that scene, legitimately one of the most – I was so uncomfortable during the whole thing because I was just like, oh, God, please, just let him die. Just let him die. Quit Stop eating, eating him. Stop yeah, eating I Leo. I haven't seen the movie. Borderline spoilers here. <laughs> well, no, no. It's, it, this, is, this is at the, you know, this is yeah. early on, so – Barker, and, spoiler, and I, Leonardo it, DiCaprio it, gets, like, his ass by a bear. By a bear. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I remember after you saw that movie, Matt, you were like, I asked you how it was without spoilers, and you are like, no, it was good, it was a good movie, but how that bear seed. <laughs> I remember something like that, like, God, this, yeah, man. It's, that movie is a great movie, but I'm never going to see it again. Yeah, exactly, that's exactly, it's like, man, that was a beautiful movie, just really masterfully done. Like acting was great. I don't think I'm ever going to watch it again. Uh, I know we're super super banter topicy right now, but uh, what, what's in other movies like that? Mine is Requiem for a Dream. I don't yeah, know if Requiem seen that. for a Dream is one of those. That's like um, one of my favorite movies ever. I've only seen it once. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Blue Velvet. Yeah, Blue Velvet. That's a good <clears throat> one. Um, I'm trying to think. Man, I mean, there's, no, yeah, there's some movies that are just really disturbing. That that. Yeah, I you know you're glad you saw it. It was you know, like 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 you were saying, Matt. It's really well done. Yeah, but I don't want to put myself through that again. <laughs> yeah, one one of those ones for me was uh, there was this movie called Bone Tomahawk. Tomahawk. I don't know if you guys have seen oh. that. It's a it's a horror western. Oh. It's really good. Like just a really well done movie. But there is mm-hmm. one scene in particular in that movie that almost made me throw up. And I'm not a I'm not a super squeamish guy. But I was like, right. oh wow, okay, I can't do this. Like. <laughs> I'm never watching this movie again. Like, and I, I will, I will recommend it to people with the caveat that, like, oh, hey, by the way, it has like one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in a movie ever in this movie. So enjoy, have fun. <laughs> um, it's a great movie, but come on. Yeah. So, uh, any, either of you have a segue? We could have We could have gone with the bear and. and transitioned into something Beasts like that. And stuff. Yeah, like like yeah. uh hey, what do you do getting, getting mauled by get, a, a giant creature. Get, yeah. yeah, when you get attacked by a by a dragon. Yeah, oh, uh, <clears> dragon. What do you do? 
What do you do? Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> yes, actually, uh, if you're listening, you're actually listening to Roll Up and Die, an, uh, an RPG-related podcast. Um, uh, you can find us at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. And today, we are going to be talking about dragons. And the three of us who are going to be talking to you about dragons, uh, we each have names. And for <laughs> someone who earlier said that we got to be spot on, no post-production, <laughs> I'm dying here. I'm losing uh. it. It's we been too long, man. I'm names, and we're going to tell you our names here very shortly. <laughs> we're going right to tell you our now. names. Uh, my name is Barker. And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And um, we're talking about dragons today, which is a subject right. that, you know, a lot of people, there have been a lot of great questions on our Facebook page uh, about dragons. Uh, and, and as one of you mentioned, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing we haven't done this yet. I mean... You know, yeah. a lot of our stuff is very Dungeons and Dragons focused, and yet, yeah, no dragons. Yeah, no we dragons. just Go haven't. Figure. It hasn't come up. I, w- I was very surprised when <clears throat> Alex she mentioned, "How about dragons?" And <clears throat> I was like, "Well, we did." No, wait, we didn't. We've never <laughs> talked about dragons. Like they've come we up from time to time. Yeah. yeah, but we've never had an, an episode yeah. devoted to dragons, and I'm really excited to talk about it. And I, yeah. I think there's a good reason for that, actually. And this is one of the questions that was on our Facebook page: is mm-hmm. why are there no dragons? You know, yeah. it's not yeah. just in this podcast. It's in role-playing games. I mean, mm. if it were called Dungeons and Kobolds, mm. it would be, like, <laughs> the most topical game name ever because they're in every single damn game. Like, yeah. Dungeons and Goblins, oh, my gosh. But dragons, why, why, where have all the dragons gone? Where have yeah. all the dragons gone? Yeah. No, it's true. No, that was a question. I'm asking you guys. Yeah. Where have they gone? <clears throat> why? Why? Do, why? Why? Because well, I feel like people don't use them very much. And yeah. I, at the very least, you don't see them very much. Is that because they're just so powerful? Like, what's going on? I think. I think so. That, okay. Oh, go ahead, Alex. You go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say. I, 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 I think so. I think. I think the the sheer power of them. If if you're running them right, you know, they they are the apex predator of the of the fantasy world. You know, they. Yeah. Uh, not and not only just not only their massive size and and breath weapon and and just you know huge claws but the fact that they are brilliant in brilliant in, brilliantly intelligent you know they're not yeah they're not some they're not just a beast they're 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 smart and so um that i mean they're, they're pretty much the most one of the most formidable things you can run into yeah. yeah and i think i think that there's a there's kind of a legendary sort of feel that comes along mm-hmm. with dragons and there's so many like if you look at like a i mean just two of the most popular fantasy uh uh worlds out there westeros and middle earth mm-hmm. both of those are worlds in which dragons are rare and that they used yeah. to not be rare like there used to be more dragons but now they're like right. extinct almost you know like the the only dragon we ever see is smog in the in mm-hmm. you know in the books uh you know obviously there's more in like the silmarillion and stuff but then and like in in game of thrones it's a big deal when daenerys has her three dragons because there haven't been dragons for centuries and i think that that's like it's almost a trope you know what i mean yeah. it's yep. almost a trope to have dragons be rare or extinct yeah. or whatever and that's um i mean even in in a game like skyrim that is focused on dragons that game is all about dragons Mm -hmm. coming back after having been gone for a long long time and then once they come back you fight them every time you fast travel like yeah i mean literally then they're just everywhere you're like good lord i can't i can't sneeze without getting snot on a dragon (laughs) Uh, i think the only exception was the dragonlance series 
yes. uh, and, and that was but that was a while ago. Uh, was, so yeah. I mean, uh, and obviously dragons were really pivotal in, in that whole thing. But it's uh, true. Yeah, I think you're right about the trope. I think maybe some people avoid it because it is a trope, and so yeah. they're they're kind of nervous about putting dragons in because, well, you know, of course there's going to be dragons in it, but. Yeah, and, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, if we're talking about that role-playing game as well, mm-hmm. it's it, they kind of make it difficult to include a dragon in your game mm-hmm. because dragons are so powerful. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you can't, you know, a lot of people <clears throat> like to start their games at level 1 or level 3. And, I mean, what the Winds of Sursaline are level 10, mm-hmm. and they would have a lot of trouble against a dragon. Yeah. A lot of trouble. So it's so they put like drakes in there, so you can kind of ease your way in. But yeah, and wyverns and yeah, yeah, exactly. So they just make it harder to throw a dragon in a game when the party is not epic mm-hmm. level, right? So and that yeah. you know that's on the RPG front. But what you guys were also talking about is you know in fiction, this is a this is a normal thing. You know, dragons mm-hmm. yeah. are uh, they're mythological <clears throat> inside the myths. They're mythological. Yeah, yeah. So right, w- w- exactly. Which has become really strange. Yeah, well, and I, I am, I don't know. I, th- I think that uh, dragons is sort of similar to like the gods. Like, as soon as you have a character interact with a dragon, you've stepped up the game. You've initiated yeah. something yeah. that you can't really go back from. You know, it's the same thing where like if a character interacts with a god. Because to yeah. me, a dragon is a godlike creature. You know, they yeah. are they are above us. They're beyond us. And I sort of I take. A sort of almost like a Lovecraftian, like nihilistic sort of attitude towards dragons, where they care so little about what we're doing. Like they just yeah. do not care about mortal life to the point where they'll they will take a nap for a few centuries because nothing's going on. Like they're yeah. just like ah, I'm just gonna lay down and maybe when I wake up there'll be some more interesting stuff going on that I can get involved <laughs> in. And so that's yeah. one of the reasons why dragons are so rare is because most of the time they just don't care. Like they're they're dealing with their own business. Yeah. That's a cool way to do it. And one thing that you said that I really appreciate is when you do it, you can't go back on it. There's a yeah. level of permanence with including a dragon in your campaign that's mm. just so much more permanent than anything else. Uh, when yeah. I was prepping for the Winds of Sursaline game, you know, and I released my notes for this. There was a point where I was like, all right, I'm going to throw a dragon encounter, you know, and I'm in, in my mind, it might have been like it, either way. I, I, I kind of put it on pause I put that train of thought on pause and really looked at it like oh my gosh like what ramifications is this going to have on the campaign Mm. what you know after this after they fight the dragon what else am I ever going to give them that's as cool or exciting or epic Um, also what ramifications will it have on my world I have just declared that there are dragons in Ankea and that's that changes everything Mm. yeah so, you know, so I was like, well, maybe I'll just make it, you know, part of a dream sequence or something. And, you know, it, it, it was a long train of thought before I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to do it yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I when it, I when I included a, a dragon in the Provokers campaign, I mean, that was I wrestled with that for a long time, too, about whether mm-hmm. I actually wanted to do it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm happy that I did, but it I'm was sure one of those are. things where it's. it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Um, it was one of those things where it was like. I had to sit there and really think about, like, is this the right mm. time to include a dragon? Yeah. Yeah. I think you know, as a GM, I, I, it can be hard to use them as well because there, it's, um, there are limited ways you can interact with a dragon, right? Yeah. Um, either uh, if, if they're a friendly dragon, you know, uh, like a, a metallic dragon in D&D where they're good, generally speaking, they, they're so much more powerful than you that 
it's basically like talking to an emperor or like you were saying yeah. a, a god and and you're just going to basically sit there and listen to what they have to say <laughs> you yeah. know you you know you're not going to really be telling them anything or or bargaining with them or intimidating them or anything like that yeah. you know, you're just going to be yeah. you're just going to be listening and if it's a bad dragon you're going to be trying to sneak in and kill it and take its stuff i mean generally <laughs> you know generally speaking so yeah <clears throat> there's, there's there's not much middle ground in there for just dragon interaction i think maybe that's why dragons are kind of disappearing from role playing games hear me out for a second cuz i think mm-hmm. that there's been a story driven element to rpgs lately mm-hmm. that wasn't around 15 years ago yeah like more of a idea and storytelling where D&D for example used to be more of like a combat game like a war game type of thing mm-hmm. um, now a lot of people want to tell a story with their role playing games especially the people in our community and our Facebook groups and stuff like that and there's not much story to tell when it comes to dragons directly Yeah, mm-hmm. either well, they are I... preaching to you and the characters are not saying anything which sucks because you're yeah. basically just talking or it's just another monster for them to fight. Yeah, that's true. Well, and I I sort of even pulled punches when I used a dragon mm-hmm. because it was essentially a teenager. It was a young dragon. Like yeah. and so it's like that's not even, you know, <laughs> half of the power that an actual adult ancient right. centuries old dragon would have, you know. And so in doing something like that, I allowed myself to have the dragon have weaknesses and make poor decisions and stuff because effectively you're getting attacked by a godlike 15-year-old. You know, it's a dragon yeah. who's only, you mm-hmm. know, maybe a couple centuries old. So it's yeah. sort of a different thing altogether. But that's a way that you can include dragons and not have it just be like a god coming down to smite the characters. Yeah, I, I, slowly but surely I'm realizing that maybe I don't like dragons. Uh, <laughs> I, I really, like, I knew before coming into this episode that I was going to learn my opinion on this subject as we went. <laughs> Because I'd never really think about it. And yeah. and I feel like even doing something like that, Matt, like being like, okay, well, you know what? They can't handle a dragon, so I'll give them a younger dragon. Yeah. Even pulling that punch is removing a lot of that epic nature that is fighting a dragon. You know, well, yeah, it's, it's true. One. Hmm. You know, aren't there dragon slayers in fiction that are not level 20 or level even 15 characters? Aren't they, like, don't some people, I mean, is, is Bard the Bowman, you know, an epic level character? No, nah, like he I just, just rolled a nat yeah. twenty. He just rolled. Even <laughs> if you roll a nat twenty, though, I, yeah, no, I, I totally get with what a, you're with saying. a really magical arrow. Yeah, <laughs> with like yeah, a plus really, ten. I mean, yeah, that thing was like super magical arrow. Yeah, no, I I totally get what you're saying, Barker, and I think that a, a lot of it is how is how dragons are depicted, and a lot of it yeah. is how dragons are portrayed and how we portray them. Because my my brand of dragon a dragon is. It's a it's a Lovecraftian being. It is beyond yeah. like the reason the reasoning of mortal men. Like you can't walk up to a dragon and be like, "Hey man, don't kill me." The dragon's going to be like, "Nah, I think I will. I don't care. I'm going to step on you." But <laughs> I think if you if you look at, at other settings and uh, uh, Alex brought up a good point with the Dragonlance setting. Mm-hmm. Dragons are more commonplace there, but they're also like <laughs> dragons are dying all the time. Like yeah. Yeah. you know, dragons are dying and people are fighting on dragons and killing dragons and um yeah. so I think that it, it really just depends on how you want to uh, depict them and how you want to utilize them. And I think that utilized well in a way that, me- that, that you know, is like kosher with your setting and just works for you as a game master. I think that they're one of the coolest monsters out there. I, I absolutely mm. love dragons, but I totally see where you're coming from with that. 
Yeah, I mean, if you can decide how you want dragons to be in your world, like, do you want them rare and mystical, you know, godlike, or do you want them commonplace enough? At that point, then you can kind of decide how you're going to do that. You know, yeah. why, why, why don't, you know, if dragons are commonplace, why don't they just take over the world? <laughs> yeah. Because they could, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. if, if, you, if you're using like, really powerful dragons. It's almost like you could listen to our episode on technology and fantasy role-playing games and substitute in dragons. And <laughs> It's very similar. Basically yeah. The same thing. yeah, it's true. Like, very similar conundrum. Like, like I said before, you put them in there and it changes everything. It's like, yeah. well, wait, <clears throat> if there's a dragon here and it's active, then how is it affecting this neighboring nation you know they're yeah. going to be afraid of it or maybe they're partnered with it or you know if there are multiple dragons you know what's stopping them from burning the whole place down then you have to <clears throat> yeah. fall back to these cop-outs like well they don't want to or well they sleep for 300 years which isn't <laughs> i don't mean cop-out you know that's that's a good yeah. those are you can definitely come up with some good story-driven reasons why they do that but i feel like that's why we see so many tropes because dragons mm. back you into a corner yeah yeah, well, I, in my yeah. world, I did a thing where I, I wanted to have a lot of dragons, but like I said, you, how do you how do you maintain that balance? So what I did was, um, uh, the good dragons were basically the guardians of humanity, and and or you know, dwarfanity and elfanity. Yeah. Is that a word? <laughs> humanoids? Um, <laughs> racist. <laughs> but no, like for example, the 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 king, his his uh, uh, his his advisor was was this ancient wizard. Who no one no one knew for quite a long time that it was a, a gold an, a, this ancient gold dragon that had taken human form, and so he was kind of the guardian of the city, that um, that he owed this great debt to that sort of thing, and so they kind of, they kind of keep the, the 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 evil dragons I guess in check, and so you can have, you can create a kind of thing like that where, um, you know they won't. They, the, the the evil dragons just won't interfere with humans because you have the good ones kind of keeping them away. Yeah, you almost have like a um, like an angels and demons sort of balance. Where yeah, it's like, yeah. You know, maybe, we maybe, can't maybe, let... maybe, they could even have some kind of like you know magical treaty where yeah, like a you pact. Know, they're, they're, they're forbidden to. Yeah, the dragon pact. Yeah, right, that's right. that's the sort of thing that like if you set up <clears throat> rules, it works. Like, don't throw a dragon in willy-nilly. Just like you wouldn't throw in a god or a Tarrasque or something willy-nilly. Like, think about, like, what are the rules of these creatures? You know, why are they so powerful? And if they're so powerful, why haven't, like you said, Alex, why haven't they taken over the world? (laughs) Um, And, uh, like, I I like the idea, too, of, like, uh, I mean, in in the Game of Thrones lore, Mm -hmm. uh, even at the height of, like, the Targaryens, they had three dragons, and they conquered pretty much the entire known world with three dragons and that's all they had Mm -hmm. and then dragons just sort of they kind of forgot how to breed dragons they kept them in captivity they weren't allowed to be out and flying and they sort of just died out naturally and i think that you know things like that where it's like you know uh, dragons were not meant to be ridden or chained up you know Mm -hmm. things like that like that's a good way of explaining like okay why aren't there more dragons around or why aren't they more powerful or bigger or, or you know whatever well, and to, to piggyback on what you said about Game of Thrones, these are not dragons, but I'm going to talk about the White Walkers a little bit because mm, yeah. I feel like the White Walkers are as world-obliterating as dragons are. Yeah. Mm. In their own way, completely different types of beings. But Martin has done a pretty ingenious thing by saying, okay, well, here's the deal. They're coming, right? The others are coming, and they're pissed off, and they're going to just... Slap everybody in the face. But 
there's this big icy magical <clears throat> wall in their way. Yeah, they mm. can't get past it. They can't get past the magical wall. And there's yeah. a nice, a pretty good story-driven reason why that wall is there. Mm-hmm. And that is how you can, an example of how you can put something so world-destructive and epic level into your world without it being like, hey, now, now I have become the world. The world is now about me. Mm. And so, I, you know, that wall... I mean, I don't know if you can put a wall to keep dragons out, but <laughs> finding your wall to to kind of keep this epic level dragon breed, this race at bay or away, or keep them from overwhelming your campaign, yeah, is a good yeah. idea. Exactly, well, like they like did in Dragonlands, set, up, set they, up the rules they, and the boundaries. Oh. You know, what was that, Matt? I said set up the rules and the boundaries and the limitations. You know, just like yeah. you would with anything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. What are some examples of those limitations that we might... Yeah, Alex, you go ahead first, but I want to come back to this. Okay. Like, come up with different ways wh- we can put dragons in a world that aren't mm-hmm. tropey or, yeah. you know, used all the time. Well, actually, that's what I was going to mention, limitations, is uh, like they did in Dragonlance. You had the dragon orbs, which could control dragons. And so you could have something akin to that in, in your fantasy world. Um, they could be extremely rare. Maybe maybe each king has one or something like that, so they can basically, um, you know, keep dragons out of their kingdom, that sort of thing. So maybe they have a power to do that, and that can that can lead to all sorts of cool adventure ideas as well. Okay, cool, yeah. definitely, Matt. Um, so what I what I was thinking is like, you know, if dragons are as powerful as they as they are, how many could really be sustained by? a single continent or a single fantasy mm. world. They would constantly be fighting each other <clears throat> yeah. for territory and control and power to the point where uh, by the time humanity sort of, or mortal life in general got to the point where they were, you know, building cities and stuff, there probably wouldn't be that many dragons left because they've been fighting each other for thousands of mm-hmm. years. Now there's like yeah. five left, you know, the five big ones are, are left. Yeah. And um, I don't know, like that, that has always appealed to me is like, Dragons, not only do they not care for the plight of mortals, but dragons don't ally themselves with other dragons. At least that's not yeah. the, the way I see it. Like, dragons are totally uh, selfish in it for themselves creatures. Even if they are mm-hmm. like, hey, you want to burn this village together? They're going to be like, they're going to fight afterwards over who gets <laughs> to eat the, the virgin yeah. that the people put out to sacrifice to the dragon, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's one of those things where it's almost like, you know, the tyrants meeting each other you know, in the middle as they're both conquering the world. And they're like, okay, what do we do about mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. Who get, who gets what here? And one thing that yeah, well, I might do. Oh, go ahead, Alex. Sorry. I, <clears throat> no, I was just going to say, I, I, part of it is coming up with your motivation for your dragons because yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do they want? Like, what are they going to get out of, de- out of, you know, destroying a city? You know, what is it that they intend to get out of that? Now in, 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 in the Hobbit, it was vengeance. They just wanted to, destroy the destroy the lake people because he was pissed off um but his his real motivation was was gold it was riches it was you know that that did something for him uh one of the things i worked into my world too was the idea that um gold isn't just uh, a commodity it it has magical properties to it that that can channel you know magic and so forth and so that's why dragons like it so much that's why they sleep in it because it's actually uh healthier for them you know they, they they need that. And so uh-huh. 
there's a, there's a good reason for the dragon to, to gather these hordes together because it, 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 they need it for their nests. And so, you know, <clears throat> the dragons can be drawn to these places of wealth, but they're not going to just go destroying little towns because they don't care. They may yeah. eat a lot of the cattle. They may eat people, you know, when they're hungry, but they're not just going to go on a destruction rampage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah I can totally see that and and uh, you know I guess I see so many dragons in fiction going on destruction rampages mm. that it kind of put put me on pause a little bit being like well really like do, they don't do that and then it's like well the the RPG dragon is different from a lot of different fantasy dragons yeah like you guys are saying you know I I don't think I've ever seen a movie where the dragon is you know deity level you know, yeah like they're they're always kind of really. like a beast yeah. or a monster. And um, and that kind of made me think that you know dragons and humans, they're v- like okay. So up until this point, I've been like, all right, dragons and humans, they don't exist at the same time. That just they, because they're natural enemies. You know, they're the dragons are just mm-hmm. natural predatory beasts, and humans are just kind of dicks. And so they're <laughs> gonna kill each other, or you know, the humans are gonna all be dead, or the dra- and then the dragons are gonna go to sleep, and the humans are gonna wake up. And that kind of makes mm-hmm. sense, but. What I'm thinking now is I'm thinking about a world where dragons are not only an ally of humans, but more subservient, you know, more maybe, I don't know, maybe bestial is probably the way to put it, but uh, Mm. like an entire human civilization and they ride dragons, you know, they keep dragons and only the wealthiest get to ride them into battle Mm. and... um, and when those wealthy dragon riders die, all of their belongings get put away and the dragon guards it. And that's the horde, <clears throat> the, the, be- mm-hmm. the old belongings uh, mm-hmm. of their rider or something like that. Um, but I've, n- I've never really thought about that and I've never read the Dragonlance setting. But I think it'd be cool to see a setting where humans and dragons not only coexist, but actively work together to defeat, I don't know, the... <laughs> bat-like flying creatures or something, like something right. a little uh, evil or something like that. That's a good idea, too, having a common enemy, something yeah. that, that both the, the humanoid races and the dragons all hate more than they would you know, get anything out of fighting each other. Yeah. Oh, guys, I can't do post-production. You guys got to say something. <laughs> Matt, you're up, bro. I can't do editing. No, I, I like that idea, and the I like the idea, too, of maybe utilizing that and then what Alex mentioned earlier, like a pact or a truce, you know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, like for, for as long as, as we can remember, we've had this pact with the dragons, you know, and we fought together against this common enemy. And maybe it was like, like, I've always thought of uh, dragons and giants being natural enemies, mm-hmm. you know, because they they're yeah. like stereotypically they're like the oldest races right so like yeah, they're right. they've always been fighting and they giants are like one of the few creatures that can actually stand a chance against fighting a dragon a dragon so maybe it's like uh you know we have this truce against the drag uh, against the giants mm-hmm. but you could you could play with that and have it be like uh there's a dragon that broke the truce and yeah. he's like uniting other dragons underneath him and he's leading this like dragon revolt and he's you know saying that you know why are we why are we working with the humans? Why are we letting them ride on us? You know, we're mm-hmm. we're gods. We're so much better than them. And right. uh like that could be a cool like campaign kickoff, you know, that like is. a a dragon revolt. Like that would be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. You're just like oh, those dragons that we've been friends with for a long time are starting to eat us. This is terrible. That is an amazing idea for a campaign session mm-hmm. one. 
Well, and a treaty can be magical too. You can have magical yeah. treaties. Remember, like in uh, in Harry Potter, the un, uh, what was what they call it, the uh, Unbreakable well, Oath. Okay, the hold on one second. The Unbreakable okay. Vow, and I know it was. That's what it was. You're right. Heather put our rings, uh, our <laughs> wedding rings, in the book on that chapter. Now, awesome. before you go on, I want to let you know. Sure. I'm reading through Harry Potter for the first time now. I, I've, I read it through before, but I never finished it. I'm reading mm-hmm. books five, six, and seven now. I'm on five. I don't know anything about it. All right. I won't give you any spoilers. Okay, cool. But uh, but The Unbreakable Vow is is a magical bond where someone makes an oath to someone else. And uh, this is not a spoiler, but if you, but if you break it, you die. So, um, you know, you could have treaties like that where... Um, between again, you know, powerful kings and and you know this dragon to say, you know, we won't attack you if you don't attack us. If anyone breaks the treaty, you know, <laughs> they die. Like and so, um, you know, but you could, I mean, you could still have someone breaking the treaty, and that could make it more interesting too, because you know, how how were they able to do this? You know, right? We we, we had a, we had a magical treaty. Oh, you can't man. break those. That's so, a great you know. idea. That's a really cool plot hook. Yeah. You know, not only are the dragons revolting, but it, it would be impossible for them to revolt because of the treaty. What happened? Right. You know, what's going on behind the scenes? Yeah, and then you can bring in some some other dark force that managed to break it for them or God, yeah, whatever. I need to go back and listen to all our episodes again because I'm ever, while I'm recording, every episode <laughs> while I'm recording, I always have these, oh, crap, I should do that moments. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're, I'm starting my ho- – I'm assembling my home group again pretty soon, so I'm going to go back and listen to all of these and just run – one <laughs> one shot game for every damn episode. <laughs> Anyone who listens to Roll Up and Die in my home group, they're going to be like, wait a second. Hang on. This campaign is entitled Episode 10. <laughs> 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 but, but actually, you know, that brings up kind of a thing I wanted to talk to you guys about an episode. Mm-hmm. And Matt brought this up earlier, too. I think like 12 times I've said, we should do an episode two or a part two of this episode. Yeah. And we never do it. But with this one, I think we should. I think that after this, like we, we'll take a question now maybe and mm-hmm. and uh, create an idea that people can steal. Um, but basically we've we've talked about so far, we've talked about do you want dragons in your game? Yeah. And the people who are listening have either decided yes or no because that's kind of mm-hmm. a question you need to ask yourself. Like any other thing in, in your game world. You know, you mm-hmm. ask yourself, do I want to even touch this? And if the answer is yes... I think that next episode, you know, after I've gone and read all about dragons and D&D <laughs> and, like, looked through all of them and really immersed yeah. myself in dragons, I feel like we could have a really good conversation about what are you going to do when the answer to that question, do I want dragons in my game, is yes. Mm. Yeah, I like that idea. Cool. Because, uh, I mean, we did just come up with this uh, today, so I, I didn't yeah. really have a lot of chance to sit and think about it and take notes or any of that stuff. So this, this will give me a week to sort of, well, a little less than a week now, but it'll give me some time to, <laughs> to think about it. You take notes, Alex? Not normally, but uh, yeah. for part two, I better. Because yeah. uh, better it, people, 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 people will be expecting more. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, now, before we go take a question, uh, Matt, we talked about uh, some different ways that you might insert dragons in your game without uh, mm-hmm. ruining your game or anything like that. Did you have anything else that you wanted to throw in there, Red? Um, I did I did have something I was going to say, and then I forgot about it. I knew I'm it. trying I'm to remember. It might have to be for part two. Come on, Matt. There's no post-production. You <laughs> right can now. do it, Here, buddy. Wait, oh, let me help you. Let me help you. Was it about <laughs> dragons? Oh, it was about <laughs> dragons. I guess like I could talk a little bit about how – because 
so in my campaign setting of Aranoth, dragons are like a really big deal. Like they've been mm-hmm. heavily involved in like the really important things that have happened in the world. Um, and have like, they kicked off the, the age that the world is currently in by torching all of it and just burning everything to the ground. And <laughs> everyone had kind of had to start over. Mm-hmm. And the way that I've made dragons, uh, prominent and involved without them being everywhere is um they have either been sealed away by the gods uh in this event known as the eviction where the gods are basically like you dragons listen you helped us out in the past when we were like bringing this world to heal out of the primordial chaos but it's getting too extreme now you guys are running amok we got to put you in the playpen for timeout and so they basically put all the dragons in this thing called the bleak which is like this space between spaces it's where arcane magic comes from or they were hunted down and killed by guys on griffins after they torched the world and so Hmm. there's like maybe just a handful of dragons in the world even though they're super important and everyone knows what a dragon is like everyone is oh yeah i know what a dragon is like they're they're all over the place like there's art of dragons everywhere and there's dragon emblems and people who talk about dragons all over the place Mm. but they're not like you're not going to walk outside and see a dragon flying around right yeah but we did yeah you guys did but that was unfortunate that (laughs) That was was just that was unfortunate yeah we we didn't yeah we uh man we got tagged we got tagged there's there's no better way to put it that That was was, uh, I just want to say that that was legitimately one of my very favorite moments in that campaign because mm. just because of the reaction where it's like, all right, 15 sessions in, here's a dragon. And you guys were like, what? <laughs> like, especially because the villain of the campaign <clears throat> rode around on a griffin. So as I'm describing mm. the silhouette descending upon you and these wings beating, you guys are thinking, oh, it's the villain again. Nope, it's a dragon. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what we were thinking. Like, yeah, all right, here we go. And then it was like, oh, man. It was almost like a Maleficent moment at the yeah. end of Sleeping Beauty when yeah. all of a sudden, like, you know, that you see the dark sky and all the thickets mm-hmm. are rising and the dragon rises from behind it. And you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, we're screwed. <laughs> oh, we're dead big time. Oh, bananas. <laughs> oh, bananas. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, that is some excellent advice. Do you guys want to take a question from the listeners? Yeah, let's I think do we it. We should. Man. Okay, cool. So, uh, as always, you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. And every week, or on the weeks when we're coming out with episodes, which should be every week, that's our goal, <laughs> we will post up our topic. And you can ask a question about the topic on the Facebook group. And we will answer the one with the most likes. Once again, that's facebook.com slash rollupanddie. And we have a tie here at seven. And we've got a lot of comments, man. And a ton of comments. Nice. Yep. So, uh, the first one is from Nathan Crouch, or Nathan C. Sorry, Nathan Crouch. There's no post-production here. I cannot edit out your name. (laughs) I think most people have some idea of how to use chromatic dragons, but, well, that's not me. But what I never see or hear about are the metallic dragons. Mm. What are your thoughts on metallic dragons? Have you ever used them in a game? How would you use them in a game? Hmm. Well, I, like I said, I, I used one as a, as a king's advisor uh, in human form. Um, uh, I had one that uh, showed up to talk to the characters as a gnome and was playing jokes on them. Uh, it was a, a, I think it was a, was a brass dragon or something like that. So he, he yeah, they, they, they have a, they have a weird sense of humor. So he was, uh, 
uh, he was kind of messing with the uh, the party at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really haven't used too many metallic dragons uh, like that. Yeah, okay. I this is horrible. I don't think I've ever used a metallic dragon ever. Well, one thing I don't know much about them because I, I really don't know much about dragons. I've never had a huge mm-hmm. interest in them. But one thing that you said earlier, Alex, is that they are ten, they tend to be good. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that kind of leads me to think is that if you're going to use a metallic dragon in your game, you want to showcase early on that metallic is a good sign. Yeah. That like you know you've been seeing fire breathing <laughs> dragons and you know you've been seeing like dragons dripping with black voidal abyss you know and then you see this one that's just gleaming with golden scales and describe mm. it as it as beautiful instead of terrifying yeah and then you'll convey the idea of oh okay this might be a good thing instead of a bad thing to the players yeah yeah but and and they're still they're still awe inspiring I mean or uh, awesome in the in in the original sense of the word, in yeah. that you still feel this sort of strange uh, strange terror almost, but terror is not the right word. Uh, I guess just awe, you yeah. know, when you see yeah. these things because they have so much power, and yeah. you know they could just destroy you at a glance. Mm-hmm. Something <laughs> that we haven't really talked about yet, but it's one of my very favorite features of dragons is that most dragons are capable of polymorphing. Yeah. And they can take on many, many different forms. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea that they're, even if your setting doesn't have prevalent dragons, there may be dragons just walking around. Like, I have walking it, I have it say, in my yeah. head. I've never said this, but I have it in my head that there are a couple of NPCs in Aranoth that are dragons that mm-hmm. are polymorphed. And yep. I just, I love that idea. And that's like, you can play with that where a character that the, PCs have known for a long time, you know, the the wizened old man, you know, in the tavern or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And they figure out that it's like, oh, he's a he's a brass dragon. Like he's just yeah. an old brass dragon and he just stays polymorph most of the time. Like yeah. I love that kind of stuff. You That's know, one of my favorite dragon features. <laughs> I'm not kidding right now. That is the exact train of thought that finished up my deciding whether or not I was going to put a dragon in the wind session is I decided on that, on the idea that it would make sense why, instead of having, like, why there would be dragonborn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these dragons that would polymorph into humans, you know, mm-hmm. that would yeah. create a dragonborn. And, they get and, down oh, yeah. and nasty, yeah. And that's exactly, that is absolutely what is what exists on Enkea, mm-hmm. is these kind of polymorphed versions of dragons. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for uh, that uh, post, that decision. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> The only thing you have to worry about, uh, as a side note, is that uh, you have to be careful not to make them a Gandalf. Yes, exactly. You know, for your party, who's who's just gonna, you know, can, who can just show up and and uh, you know, you, oh, you're fighting these orcs, <laughs> just brush them away. Yeah, away. I'm here to help. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you 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 know, it would be it's okay to have them perhaps as an advisor or even their even maybe their um, the person who. You know, well, not person, but the dragon who sends them out in their quests or whatever. Some, yeah. you know, uh, what would you call that? A uh, not a mentor, but you know what I mean. A, uh, like a patron, basically. Yeah, a patron. Yeah. So no. you know, you could have a dragon as a patron. That's but cool. it, yeah, but you have to really kind of figure out why they wouldn't just take care of this themselves, or you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's a really good point, and I mean, <laughs> like, <clears throat> oh man, I had a thought and then it was gone. 
Oh no! I'm having such an issue with that today. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's because I can't edit. Oh my god, Barker, that's why. <laughs> Here, can, man, can I had something I was gonna say. You think about, about that. it, because I have something too. Right. Okay, you, you go think for about it. it. We've talked about Battlestar Galactica on this show before. <laughs> Cylons. A lot of them don't know their Cylons. That's an idea that I love <clears throat> for Enkea. Oh. Is that these dragons who are polymorph don't know that they're dragons? <clears throat> oh, that's a neat idea. I love that idea. Yeah. I love it so much that I completely forgot my idea. <laughs> Still, I was like, "Did I? Did you love it into remembering your?" No, idea? I think it was, it was something about. I was agreeing with Alex and basically just saying, "Like, don't make if you're gonna include a metallic dragon, don't make it a Deus Ex Machina for the party. Mm. Don't have it be a, an yeah. out yeah. for if things yeah. go south and you're like, oh, it's gonna be a TPK. Better bring in the metallic dragon to swoop in and get him." <laughs> Uh, the right, Gandalf right. reference is the perfect reference too. Because, oh, absolutely! You know what's that meme where it's like this dude dies and then shows up in another session with all the good weapons and yeah, loot. with all the good loot. <laughs> yeah, it's like, man, this dude. Yeah. There's also a meme of a uh, Harrison Ford, <clears throat> Han Solo, dressed as Gandalf, that yeah. says it's a spoiler <laughs> for Star Wars Episode Eight, where he comes back. <laughs> I'm here at the turn of the tide. I love that. <laughs> all right, well, Matt, you can't think of it. Nope, it's gone. Into the into the abyss. That's into okay. Abyss. Into the bleak with the, all the dragons. <laughs> with all the dragons. <laughs> well, if you think about it, just interrupt either of I us. I will. Yeah. Um, the next question, the the for the tiebreaker, for mm-hmm. the tie, whatever, uh, comes from Michael Lasham. I'm gonna say his last name because I've already said Mr. Crouch's last name. When using dragons in a game, what tips would you give for utilizing the creature's high intelligence? This is the mm. thing that a lot of fiction doesn't do. Yes. They're like, we're going to take all the angry, monstrous <clears throat> part of the dragon, and we're going to kind of give it the intelligence of a really smart dog. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're gonna. It, it, they're they're more animalistic and and bestial, and they're yeah. just like forces of just chaos and uh, right. you know whatever whatever they want to do they do. But mm-hmm. I love a good like just mastermind Machiavellian dragon mm. like more than yeah. just about anything they they can be such <clears throat> cunning villains and yeah. they can outsmart the the PCs at every turn and the the trick is like Mike is asking how do you do that without just being a jerk GM who's just like nope it doesn't work because the dragon was planning <laughs> it all along blah 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 right right I um I, I, don't, well, I would what I would do is I would have it be seem bestial, you know, seem monstrous and more animalistic, like you said. Mm-hmm. But that's all a ruse. Like it knows that if it acts like a monster, you're going to treat it like a monster, mm. and that's how it catches you. you yeah, know, something like that. You know, oh, it's a monster, so you know, give it mm-hmm. some sort of uh, have it. Maybe perhaps it's living inside of a. Uh, a ca- uh, an underground passage <clears throat> where, and the ceiling you explain to the characters the ceiling of this underground passage is so unstable it could collapse at any mm-hmm. moment just knowing that you're going to say that and they're going to think alright let's collapse the ceiling on top of the dragon and steal its loot but maybe uh, the dragon you know they collapse it the colla- they collapse the ceiling and it turns out the dragon wasn't there and the dragon they just mm-hmm. blocked the passage out and now the dragon's the o- blocking the right. the only other exit or something like that like yeah. you know at the very last minute they realize oh snap this guy's smart this guy's not dumb yeah I he like winks that. he winks and flicks his cigarette butt into the gasoline <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> The dragon Better says like some. Better luck next time, kids. Stick well, around. Like, in some ways, you just want to treat him like any other, either you know, big bad guy or big good guy, whichever 
type of dragon yeah. you're playing with yeah. is you know you you want to run them smart this yeah. this is not someone who is just a a, a two-dimensional mustache twirling um villain this is something that has has brilliant ideas but also has its own uh needs desires you know you write it up as an npc you know give it you, you want to give the dragon depth it's had a long life What's happened yeah. to it? Why does it do what it does? You know, what is its yeah. motiv- what, are, what are its motivations? <clears throat> and and try not to keep the dragons uh, pigeonholed into the alignment that they're supposed to be in. You know, yeah. Why not? Why like uh, <clears throat> in 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 my campaign we had a, a blue dragon that had been uh, that had fa- in 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 uh, in its uh, polymorph form had fallen in love with an elf and. So, uh, which was forbidden, you know, by their customs. And so the, uh, the dragon was essentially banished by her, by her father. And so, mm-hmm. um, became, you know, essentially became, uh, a, a, a kind of chaotic, good, dra- a blue dragon. So, yeah. you know, you, you know, if they're, if they're intelligent, then they have personalities of their own and they, they're not entirely tied to what people expect. So, you know, kind of turning things over and having, you know, why not? a you know kind of good black dragon or a kind of evil silver dragon yeah yeah that that can that can mess with people too (laughs) exactly well and that ties into the kind of nihilistic approach to dragons where they Mm. they are not concerned with mortal life to the point where it doesn't it's just like a lawful good character wouldn't necessarily step aside to not step on a bug like it doesn't make them evil it just means they don't care about that bug. Right, yeah. right. And it doesn't factor into their their own perception of their alignment. And dragons can be very similar where it's like, wait, mm-hmm. I thought you were a good dragon. It's like, I am. I just, like, I don't care about you. Like, I'm I'm good. I'm, right. I'm working towards the good of the world. But you're like one guy. You're one tiny little <laughs> gnat, you know? Right, right. We could do a whole episode also on why I hate alignment. Yeah. Gosh, man. <laughs> I'm all curmudgeon now. I know. You I know you hate alignment. I'm I'm one of those guys that's like, man, alignment is uh, is only as irritating as you make it. And I, I think a lot of people get hung up on it, but it's just one of those things you know, where it's like, and, dude, and it's I, a tool. Use it as and you I, will. And I, and, I, and I knew Barker's thing about it, and I and even as I was saying the word, I knew I shouldn't have. But yep, you sorry. knew. Yep, I, yep, you you knew. knew. You're like, uh oh, I'm bringing like, up alignment ah, and roll up and die. Laying a landmine for Barker to just yeah. trigger on purpose. <laughs> Why did I do? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, here here's the thing: is that <clears> the <throat> dragons are always something that I personally have wanted to put into my games. But it's it's just one of those things that you really. There, it, you, it's hard to know when or how, because yeah. like yeah. you said earlier, Matt, there's it's really hard to go back. Once you do it, you can't really go back. So yeah, you can't uh, introduce a dragon and then be like, oh, there's no more dragons, they're gone. So uh, let's come up with an idea that people can steal, <clears throat> because I have a little bit of a banter topic to close out the episode. Sure. Cool. Um, what do you guys want to come up with? I mean, we could come up with. A reason why <clears throat> dragons might exist in a world. Uh, we could create like a, a rough outline of a campaign setting, uh, and there are dragons in it. But come up with hmm. reasons why they and humans mesh. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm I'm down for like coming up with a. I, I'm I'm having a hard time finding a word for it, but just like the reason why dragons exist in a particular world, like why are they there? Yeah. What's their deal? Like, are, yeah. you know, how do they interact with mortal life? Things like okay. that. Okay, cool. 
Um, I forgot my uh, D12 D6 inside. Oh, no. I know, man. I bought that in, in uh, Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> and did. Just didn't even use it. But go ahead and roll for us, Matt, and we'll, uh, we'll come up with something. All right. So uh, one to two is Barker. Three to four is Alex. Five to six is me. That's one to two. That's Barker. Okay. You rolled one to two? Yeah, I rolled. It's a special. It's That's a special roll up and die d six. You rolled at least one. <laughs> it was at least one. Yeah. No. I got, I got, man, that's at least a one. That's I, at I least. Got, a I one. got a two. I got a two for the record. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, I really, uh, I'm really sold on the idea of dragons being humans and not and many mm. not or, or you know humanoids, um, and many of them perhaps not knowing that they are. Mm. Uh, so I think whoever goes next should take that and run with it. <clears throat> sure. I absolutely love that idea. Okay, one to three is Alex. Four to six is me. That's a three, Alex. Okay. So the reason that they are in hum- in humanoid form is that uh, millennia ago there was a great war between the between the humanoids and the dragons. There was a um, there was this power struggle and. Uh, but the, the 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 human wizards were able to summon great powers and 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 actually overthrow the dragons, and uh, and in the in in their surrender they offered the dragons a choice: you we can either slaughter you, or we can turn you into you know we can we we can turn you into these people, with no memory of your, of your life, mm-hmm. and you can continue to live, but you're not going to be a threat to us anymore. Okay, awesome. cool. All right, I okay. like that a lot. One through six is me. Okay. Okay, two. That's me. Oh, um, man. The odds there is a, are There good. is a faction of people <laughs> uh, called the Stewards of the Scale in this world. And what they are is they are uh, mortal beings who are aware that there are polymorph dragons in the world. And their entire job is to watch over these dragons... And if they become self-aware, if they realize that they're dragons, mm. uh, keep them under control. And so mm. I love the idea of a character realizing, oh, my God, I have powers. What is happening to me? Like, I, I, I have these magical yeah. abilities. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. And then and then being approached by this guy and being like, come with me. You need to come with me right now. And him just being like, hey, I recognize you. Where have I seen you? And he's like, everywhere. I've been watching you for 20 years. Like, you know me. I'm your steward, and I'm here yep. to protect you and make sure you don't <laughs> blow up the world. Or, you know, d- put a piggyback on that a little bit. Maybe instead of control them, maybe they are trying to, they need to, uh, their job is to control these self-aware dragons. But controlling is maybe a little more vicious and um, <clears throat> unsavory. Like, maybe mm. it's more like it could be viewed as caging or torturing, things like yeah. that. And what if, you know, your your character, one of the characters playing, you're one of these stewards. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe maybe the stewards aren't dragons themselves, but all of a sudden you begin to be, become self-aware. Oh, yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. I like oh, that. shoot. Nice. Shoo-dang. Shoo-dang, man. Shoo-dang. Okay, all right. That was a great idea you can steal. But we're over an hour, I think, right now. So, well, I don't know. It depends on how much post-production I'm going to do. None. But... <laughs> I got a banter topic that I want to talk about right now. All right. That we that we've just not talked about on a podcast yet. I everybody hold up your drink and chug it because I have watched Predator. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes. And I saw, I saw the pictures. It's true. It yeah. was it was great. It was awesome. It was exactly <laughs> what I expected it to be. 
You know, I didn't go in thinking it was going to be something like, you know, it 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 doesn't mess around. No, like, it yeah, really yeah. does not. It does not yeah. mess around. It it jumps right into it. I I have it, to say one of my one of my very favorite moments of the trip when you were over here, Barker, was and I filmed this the scene where they're. <clears throat> Uh, they're shooting into the jungle after <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, after yeah. one of the characters gets killed. And this, it, the funniest part was that the character that died 20 seconds beforehand, Barker said, I think that's my favorite character. And I went, oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God. But they're shooting into the jungle. And, you know, uh, all of the other characters come up, see the guy shooting into the jungle with a Gatling gun, and just immediately start shooting in the same direction. They don't ask him any questions. Yep. They don't say, yep. why are you shooting? Stop. Why are you, what, You're crazy. Are you shooting they just, they yeah. just go, yep, I'm going to shoot into the jungle. And Barker right. was just sitting forward, leaning forward as far as he could into the TV, just going, yep, <laughs> yep. 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 Just like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what you need to do. That was and awesome. And then the best part was uh, Cassie, who was also with us, said, why are they wasting all that ammunition? And Parker said, I disagree. I think they could have shot more. <laughs> I can't even remember that. Did I say that? Oh, man. It's it's true, though. It's true. I I've, I loved watching that movie, and uh, and I'm gonna, I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, man. Yeah, it, absolutely. It is, it it's is, one of my it very favorite. Classic eighties action adventure at its best. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Dylan, stick around. I just love Dylan. The, I love the <laughs> son uh, of a bitch. Yeah. I love the FBI's two minutes. got you pushing too many pencils. I love yeah. the two minutes where they're like, all right, we need like three one liners for Arnold in this two minutes right. where they're inside this village compound. You know, what was the one he threw a knife, stuck a guy to the wall, said, Stick around. Stick and around. Then, yeah. The other one, he kicks in the door, says, knock, knock, and then shoots everybody yeah, inside. It's like, oh, man, this guy. Oh, man, that's so good. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this uh, unedited, unedited. Uh, aside from cutting off the beginning where we all realize where we're all on the Skype call together, uh, uh, except for that part. Um, but, yeah, this otherwise unedited version of Roll Up and Die, you can find us on Facebook.com slash Roll Up and Die. Um, I'm excited for part two of the Dragons episode. Yes. Alex, make sure you name this part one so we're kind of, like, committed. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Um, name it part one of seven. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go hardcore history with Dragons. The Dragon Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Seven <laughs> five-hour episodes. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Thank you all for listening to Roll Up and Die. My name is Barker. And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnug. And I don't know what to say because I usually edit the hell out of the ends to make it sound somewhat coherent. Get to the chopper. Get to, Get the, to the chopper. chopper. Come on, do oh, it. Kill on, me. Do it. Come I'm on, right kill here. me. Come on. Stick <laughs> around. This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2016. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other super awesome properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing sucks. You can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Barker is at youtube.com slash be a better game master. And both of their work can be found at absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And his work can be found on DriveThruRPG via Critical Hit Publishing. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die RPG podcast. Look for other releases of the show on Facebook.com slash RollUpAndDie, iTunes, and RollUpAndDie.Podbean.com. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming. 